I just came back from the salon. And for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time <laughs> with wet, wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells un. Believable, Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Waze's other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy. Conversations around wellness and weight loss can be complicated. There's the Instagram filter we all see on IG and social media and then IRL. And between $20 smoothies and daily ice baths, everyone is doing the most to hack the health system. But there's a better way. Roe. Roe provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Roe to help them lose weight. And you can sign up from the comfort of your own home. No scheduling a doctor's appointment, commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. The Roe Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Of course, medication must be paired with diet and exercise modifications in order to achieve any stated results. Medication cost is not included in the program. Patients must pay for medication separately. With Roe, average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roco slash andysgirls. You can sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash andysgirls. Sign up today.
You guys, it's Andy's Girls, episode 46. Can you believe I actually remembered the number this week? Watch it be like 32, and I have no idea. Episode 46. And I have to tell you, um, so I was planning on recapping uh, OC and Dallas, especially because Dallas was on point, as it has been since the premiere of season two. And OC was actually surprisingly good this week, I guess because they let Kelly loose and loosey goosey. She was, I mean, talk about not so quiet women. She really unhurled. Is that a word guys? Lime hashtag Lambrin, um, had some really interesting mom shaming counsel for Megan King Edmonds, which I thought was fabulous because who at that point was watching Kelly's child? I mean, it's not just like baby then adult. There are some years in between. So I, I was, um, entirely enamored with this week's episode. So anyway, I was hoping to recap, um, both of this week's exciting, fabulous contributions to what has been a middling season for OC and a phenomenal one for Dallas. And then I ended up spending some quality time at New York Presbyterian this morning, checking a spinal tap off my bucket list of things to do as I continue in my journey as Sarah Yolanda Hadid Foster Hadid again, Galley. Um, doctors just wanted to like tuck around see what was there. And nobody told me what a spinal tap was a, like, I literally didn't know what I was being tested for this morning, except I knew they wanted to like back up the Lyme diagnosis and like, check for some other stuff just to make sure um, I'm in medical debt forever. And so no one told me that, um, I knew that there was going to be a needle, but they said it's really small. And I was like, cool. They said I would get um, an anesthetic. I was like, cool, throw some other shit in that syringe, call it a day, you know, like surprise me, grab bag. And so they started the procedure and all of a sudden I was like, um, guys, I feel something. And there were, you know, two doctors and several nurses in the room, just like making sure I was going to make my way through so they could discharge me and go to lunch or whatever. Um, and I felt something and I was like, guys, and then it turns out, which I found out, you know, for the rest of that hour long procedure that was supposed to be far less, you actually feel the entire thing. Like a friend said to me after, it's the best birth control you can ever have. Cause I guess it's similar to an epidural and I haven't experienced childbirth. So like Megan King Edmonds, like, let me know what's up. But it was so bad. I can't even tell you. Turns out New York Press is a teaching hospital, which again, no one told me. So I had like season one, Alex Karev, just kind of like... I don't know what the hell he was doing. Maybe sewing a quilt in the bone and inside my body. It was um, really interesting <laughs> to feel that kind of pain and then realize that you're kind of stuck there because I guess even though they did that um, uh, med at the beginning to numb you, it's just numbing your ability to try to like hop off the table and run away screaming. I really don't know what to say, except that I am at home, um, on bed rest, AKA probably going to watch, um, some more Real Housewives of Potomac in a hot second and, um, love those ladies. Shout out, shout out to the Potomac housewives. Um, it was, uh, it was, um, really terrible, <laughs> but I'm glad to be done with it. And, um, I will be happy to recap this week and next week on next week's AG episode, you know, 74 or whatever. Um, I, I do have to say shout out to Shannon Bedore, love of my life. I am a total Shannon apologist who also had her own little medical issue that she, um, informed her acolytes about on Instagram 
where she was dropping off her oldest daughter to her like driving lesson and started to bleed from everywhere. I guess her nose and her eyes. And P.S. I didn't even know a person could bleed from their eyes, except maybe Donald Trump is a prophet. And that's what he was referring to with like uh, Megyn Kelly when he said she was bleeding from wherever. I mean, maybe he's a prophet, just like Lydia's youngest son. It was so shocking to me. Damien Bellino, OG of the AG, um, sent me the picture that she posted immediately after. I mean, he is my C-SPAN. And I left no less than three um, comments on her Instagram just saying, you know, like, we're here for you. We pray for you. You know, like, stop bleeding. Oh, my God. So um, shout out to Shannon. I die for you. Get well soon. Because if anything happened to you, God forbid, I, it would happen to me. It's like phantom pain. It's, we're twinsies at this point, both trying to lose five pounds. Um, so shout out to Shannon. Guys, I'm so excited for um, <laughs> for the interview you're about to hear with Siggy Flicker, who you know I bow down to. I essentially, she is like my um, eternal Shabbat. I do love that I had a Ramona Singer um, reggae moment when I mispronounced the word Kiki, which I don't even know what to say about that, except Kadoos to me. I don't, I really, I genuinely don't know. Um, it was phenomenal. I felt it coming out of my mouth and was like, Gally, what, what is happening? Um, but it really feels like a delayed adult bat mitzvah gift, um, that Ziggy gave to me with her presence on what was a really dynamic conversation. Um, I'm going to say no holds barred. Can I say that? She says a lot about season eight. She says some stuff about Teresa that I was like, okay, interesting. I'll write with you on this on this journey that we're on. She said some stuff about Danielle that I was like, yes, yes, I will ride with you on this journey that we're on. Um, some stuff about Kim D, which P.S., what's happening with Kim G? I have looked for Kim G's social media because I know that she is pissed as fuck that she's no longer on Housewives. Can't find it anywhere. Did Kim G pass on? Like not being a dick, but what actually happened to Kimberly Granatel? And can someone let me know? Um, I love that Posh is going to be... <laughs> a plot twist on Jersey this season, as it always is. Kim D is like making bank from not being a housewife or even really genuinely a friend of. Um, but Siggy says some great things. She talks about her relationship with Dolores. You know, I love the two of them. And I ended up re-watching this past season, season seven of the Jersey Housewives to prep for my conversation with Siggy. And I realized a couple things. Number one, Jersey desperately needs Siggy and Dolores because the last several um, seasons before had been either rife with terrible casting, you know, Amber and Jim or Casey, the twins. It, it was rough. It was like a hashtag never forget kind of spiel. Um, or just really, really dark. I mean, there's just something that I talk about with Sig, um, by the way, who refers to herself in the third person and at one point says the Sig does not back down, which was um, phenomenal. Um, but I talk with Siggy about just how dark New Jersey has been and the light that she and Dolores provide for the viewer viewers makes it a much, much more palatable, um, season to swallow, shall we say. And I just really appreciated that. And it was also interesting to hear her thoughts on the upcoming eighth season, which, you know, Lewis Peitzman and I, um, kikied about last week, but really sounds like it's going to be a little crazy. And I'm really, really excited to see Siggy and Dolores um, come even more alive. I don't love the idea that she's bullied on the season, which she'll talk about. And certainly the new housewife, whose name I just forgot, who wears pigtails as an adult person. Um, 
that's an interesting, I'm going to call it a lifestyle choice. And I don't know what to say about it. I don't know. I'm not quite sure. Um, but she seems like she's going to be a little bit of a hot mess and, um, props to her. Uh, and then as we know, Danielle's returning. So we talked to Siggy about that and what her thoughts are on filming with the co-star who has been known to show up with, um, some guys with guns to filming. So that's an interesting choice to have for a show such as this. Um, so guys, I hope you enjoy it. Um, stay tuned at the end of the episode for an exciting announcement about the next housewife interview. Um, that will be next week, which was phenomenal and essentially 30 minutes of me cackling because I was dying. It was so funny, um, and extremely juicy. Um, but guys, I hope you enjoy and this amazing conversation with Sig, the Sigala. And if you like it, you know, like us, um, subscribe on iTunes. If you don't already make that a bucket list moment, since I'm apparently dying and write a review, send me a photo. Don't DM me. Uh, once it gets posted successfully, which apparently is a process and guys, I, and, um, tweet me at Sarah Galley, you know, it follow me on Instagram. I know I'm highly protected and Ben Rimmelauer makes fun of me for it rightly. So, um, but I can't wait to hear your thoughts and I hope, um, you enjoy this conversation with the SIG as she does not back down and apparently neither do I. Okay. Praise be guys. Enjoy it. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye relationship expert, matchmaker, author of Write Your Own Fairy Tale and the Sunshine of the Garden State. It is totally my pleasure to take a few minutes and kiki with the real housewife of New Jersey, Siggy Flicker. Siggy, it's such a pleasure to have you on Andy's Girls. Ew, I love that intro. Can we do it again? <laughs> um, oh, we can do fabulous. it a thousand more times. I have to tell Thank you, you, I am such a fan, and I know our listeners are too. And there are a few housewives that I feel have entered the franchise after a few seasons and completely reinvigorated it. I would say Erica Jane on Beverly Hills, Dorinda in New York, Absolutely. Shannon in I don't know about Shannon, but I do think I agree with you on Dorinda. I agree with you on Erica Jane. Um, yes, but listen, everybody offers their own energy, right? Well, absolutely. And I would add you to that list. And I have to tell you, you have been such a breath of fresh air, much needed in a franchise that can be at times extremely dramatic. And um, I'm reading Write Your Own Fairy Tale, which is fantastic. And one of the major points in your book is about knowing what you want. And I have a question for you. What did you initially want out of Housewives? Very good question. So when I was growing up, and I grew up very humble in Cherry Hill. I shared a room with my brother and sister. I grew up in a colonial apartment on Cooper Landing Road. My mother used to say to me, Sigalit, no, you're worth and she said it was an Israeli accent. And I used to be very like, what, what? And uh, she said, take me to Bambergers and say, Sigalit, where do you see yourself? Over there in the clearance section where everything is marked down 70%? Or behind the glass where they keep the jewelry? At a very young age, I got the key to life. The key to life is to know your worth and live your authentic self. And for those of you who don't know me or are getting to know me, there's nobody on, on, on in, in housewife's history who's going to be more authentic than me because at the end of the day, I've been doing it for such a long time, I don't know how to be any other way. 
So having been in this, in it like that since a young age, I've been able to change many people's perspective on life and change their lives for the better. A few years ago, when I was a matchmaker and a successful one in Manhattan, VH1 approached me. I had my own show on VH1 called Why Am I Still Single? Mm. It was a fabulous show, but we didn't have any drama. It only lasted one season. It was canceled, and then my good friend Wendy Williams kept me relevant on her show for the next three years. And when Housewives approached me, I said, listen, my husband said, you're not doing that show. It's toxic. It's disgusting. You're not doing it. And I said, well, wait a second. Hold on. I have a book that just came out. And Michael, and I'm talking to my husband, I said, I'm not a private person. Everything I do, there's a reason why I put it up and I'm so public. Because I really believe that if you change one life, you change the world. So having a platform like being on the Housewives of New Jersey is like no other platform. And I can really practice what I preach. Like in this upcoming season, you think last season was bad for me. This season... The whole season I'm being bullied. So people who are going to watch this season is like, wow, I want to learn from her. How do you handle a bully? Do you lay flat and say to the person who's bullying you, what position do you want me in? Because I'm going to succumb to you. Or do you stand up and fight for your right to exist? Because if you don't stand for something, you're going to fall for anything. So I've been able to hit... I can't even tell you how many millions and millions of people throughout the world. So people think about it, it's not just your bubble. We're talking about the UK, Australia, Ireland, I mean, Dubai. This show airs in every country, and it is changing life. And you know what? I'm proud of the work that I do, and I'm proud of who I am. So at the end of the day, coming on a show like this, yes, I want everybody to love and, you know, be amazing together, but I don't want to... I don't want anybody to have unrealistic expectations. You're going to be thrown into the circle with sharks, whether you're on the Housewives of New Jersey or whether you are in real life. Toxic people exist everywhere. Mm. Everywhere. And I show you exactly how to handle them. That's fantastic. And I have to say, speaking of your family and of your mom, it was so refreshing to see a new normal presented in such a positive way. The relationship that you have with your ex-husband is unbelievably refreshing and interesting to see, um, especially on a housewife show where we're just used to seeing a lot of tension, toxicity, and pressure. Well, between... you know what? They, they, want, they want to hire the train wrecks, but there's got to be a balance. It's about choices. Listen, I know that I seem like the most perfect of them all on Housewives, but I have, my, my life has been, you know, every life is about the choices that you make in life. But when I make a choice in life, I say to myself, how is this going to benefit Sophie and Joshua? That's all I care about. That's it. How am I? So when Mark and I were getting divorced, I said, listen, I could have, I could fight him. For every dollar, I could do this. But wait a second, how's that going to benefit Sophie and Joshua? Let me really try to bite my tongue and put my ego on the back on the back burner for Sophie and Joshua. Thank God that I was married to a class act of a man. When you when the, when you look up the word classy in a dictionary, there's a picture of my husband there. He really what is a class act. Some people don't have that luxury of getting divorced from a man who's not an animal. 
I'm, I'm lucky that I, you know, it's even when I, when, when, when I pick Mark, we always have options in life. But I'm very attracted to kind-hearted, generous, good people. That's who I'm, I'm attracted to. I don't like the bad boy in the group. I don't like the person who's cheap. I don't like the person who doesn't cry. If somebody is not crying or is that sensitive or they don't have a heart of gold, not for me. And the, the energy that that then passes down to your kids. I mean, look at, you know, the divorce drama that's happening with Tamara and OC, with Bethany in New York. What you're setting yourself yes. and your kids up for is seeing positive, loving parents who may not, you know, continue to be married to each other, but are absolutely doing their very best to be successful partners. Absolutely. I think it's, it's absolutely. Yes. Yeah, but it should be like when people say to me, What's the goal in life? The goal in life is very simple. It's to be happy. We're going to eventually get sick and we all die. We all come into the world the same way. We all live the same way. No one is better than anybody. But what we're placed with in life is choices. Make the right choice. Be more selfish. Love yourself. And at the end of the day, your goal should be to be happy. If you were in a situation like Bethany, where you're going through an incredibly acrimonious divorce and custody battle, what advice would you give her as a successful relationship expert? Well, I feel my heart breaks for Bethany because I have a lot of clients and I have a lot of friends who go through very similar situations where the ex makes everything 70 million times more difficult and it takes on a life of its own and it is draining and it is stressful but I would advise Bethany to do exactly what she does is surround herself with people who bring her up good people when you surround yourself with people who love you and from watching a few episodes of Housewives of New York her best friend on the show is it Caroline, right? Uh, Carol, yep, Carol Radswell, yeah. Car- I'm sorry, yeah. Is her, name, her name is Carol? Yes. Well, Carol is a great friend to Bethany. She's supportive of her. She's classy, and she really comes to Bethany's side. And when you and you don't need a lot of good friends. You need less than a handful, That's less right. than five. Yeah, but really. Supportive. My mother, I used to. When I used to come home, I used to say, Mom, I'm the most popular girl at Cherry Hill West. My mom used to say to me, Sigalit, don't make a difference. You only need five people. If you have more than five people, you have too many people in your life. You're always going to remember people are always going to be jealous of you. There's always going to be somebody who has more than you. There's always going to be somebody who has prettier, is prettier than you. But if you surround yourself with people who bring you up, then going through what Bethany is going through... They can, they can ease the tension of those times by surrounding yourself with people who truly want the best of you. And you have to be careful because so many people are phony baloney. They're full of shit. And I'm sorry that I'm using S-H-I-T. I don't know if I'm allowed to say oh, that on your podcast. Oh, you are and we love oh, it. Oh, I am? Okay. Um, so many people are full of shit. They say, oh, I love you, I love you, I love you. But they're envious of you and they can't wait for the demise of you. Like you'll see this season. How many are so full of shit that it's every time they open up their mouth, another piece of shit comes out. It's like, oh, it, 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 it is. Actions speak louder than words. Show me who you are through your actions. Don't open up your big mouth and, you know, give me a good song, you know, song and dance. I want to actually see you break dancing. Show me what you're worth. But 
Like I said, surround yourself with good people. Amen. And speaking a little bit about family, aside from the Richard sisters in Beverly Hills, the casting on Jersey is different from any other franchise. Maintaining years-long friendships on and off camera is one thing, and then dealing with this kind of deep-rooted pain and drama inside families is entirely another, from the Manzos and Loritas to the Judices, Gorgas, and Wakilis. There are essentially wars being played out on TV and then online. How do you juggle your work as a relationship expert with being a cast member on a show where families at times, you know, go to battle and do war and and really cut cut deep? Yeah, it's very, very hard. And that's what makes Jersey the best franchise. I believe it's the most authentic franchise and the stakes are high. You'll never have another franchise where you'll see you know, you know, the star of the show, which is Teresa Judice. Talk about the most authentic housewife. I've, you can't compare anybody to Teresa. What you see is what you get over and over again. And who could ever say that they met another person who has had to endure the kind of pain and suffering that this woman has gone through with going to jail, coming home, having your husband go to jail. Mm. Recently, her mother passed away. So unexpectedly. So unexpectedly. And she truly is a survivor. And, you know, when when we do this show and the show ends, that's enough. I believe that children, husbands should be off limits. I don't. I, I don't go there. If somebody wants to play dirty, it's on them. It's not going to be on me. But I'm going to be opinionated, and I'm going to say what I have to say, and I'm going to stand my ground, and no one's going to get me to budge. But with Jersey, what's happened in the past is you have these unbelievable families. And when I say unbelievable, if you're ever lucky enough to witness the love between Chris and Jacqueline Lorena, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's a love story in, in the, I mean, they're so on board and in tune to one another. Even the Waikilis, I've never met a man who was so obsessed with his wife, like Richie and Kathy. There's true, that the love is so strong between the Waikilis, the Lorena, between the Judices, right before Joe went away. I was with him and Teresa, where every time he looked at her, his eyes would well with tears. Mm. I mean, the, the, the love, the love between, I mean, if you ever met my husband, he thinks I'm the first word and the last word in the dictionary. Where in other franchises, it's more of a lot of the women are single. I know, like, in New York, a lot right. of the housemates are here. It's like, not only are we married, we're obsessed with our husbands and obsessed with our family. And family comes first. That's what Jersey's all about. But if you could ever witness it in real life, I mean, it's just Chris Lorena would stand in front of a train for Jacqueline. Richie Waikili would stand in front of a bus for, for Kathy. Joe Judice would stand in front of an airplane for Teresa. Joe Gorga, he's 100% obsessed with Melissa. He loves his family. He loves his wife. That's what makes Jersey so delicious. It's that these 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 marriages, these relationships are so strong, authentic, true, and there's just so much love there that if anybody crosses that line and says something about somebody else's spouse, it's like, oh, my God, war goes. It's like, oh, all hell broke loose. But that's why I love Jersey so much, because when you're a passionate person, 
I love with all my heart, and then I hate with all my heart. I don't care. You cross me, I, you're going down. I no, not, no, no. I teach Sophie that. You stand for something. You be a leader, and you're not a follower, right, Sophie? Sophie's in the car with me right now. I love say that. hi, Sophie. Just say hi. The next generation. Yeah, I'm taking Sophie to volleyball. Not right now. Oh, not right now. Okay, <laughs> but I tell Sophie all the time. Stand up. You see somebody who's suffering, help them out. Stand for something. Don't go and follow because you're, you know, she's 15 years old and it starts now. It starts now. You've got to let them know now and say, hey, listen, in life, a man's rejection is God's protection. Don't worry about that, Sophie. When you fall in love, it might not be the right one the first time around. You stand your ground. When you're with your friends and they're doing something and you don't want to do it, say, guys, I love you. I'm not doing it. I don't want to do it. You stand for something. You don't just go where what everybody else is doing. And nobody ever becomes great in life by being a follower. You stand your ground. Well, speaking of standing your ground and looking at, you know, the trailer for the upcoming eighth season, it is yes. filled with folks using their voices and God bless them because it looks tremendous. Um, what can you it's going to be epic. What can you tell us about this epic upcoming season? I mean, it, it just looks like such an exciting, delicious, melting... It's going to be one of the best seasons of Housewives. Um, all I can tell you without getting into specifics, because I can, I'm under contract, sure. and I love Bravo too much to ruin my relationship <laughs> of course. with the greatest network in the world. Um, but all I can tell you is um, Danielle Staub is back, and yes. she brings it like no other. She's fabulous and worthy of every television... I mean... Beyond, beyond amazing. Um, Teresa, Melissa, Dolores, and I, you're going to see a lot of dynamics. We have Margaret, you know, and it's, it's, it's not a secret that Margaret and I, the chemistry between us is not there. I repeat, N-O-T, not there. Um, you know, I brought her into the group. I introduced her to everybody, and I, I felt very betrayed and hurt. And you will see how it all unfolds without me giving specifics. Uh, but then again, a lot of, you know, a lot of the other cast people, they have a great relationship with Margaret. So like I said in life, it's about chemistry. Certain chemistries work, certain chemistries don't. All I can tell you is this is going to be one of the best seasons of Housewives ever. Did you have any apprehension about Danielle coming back considering many of her actions that preceded her exit from the Housewives previously you know, armed guards, some stuff with Dina Manzo's custody, it felt like it was crossing a line. Did you ever, did you feel any anxiety about her joining the cast? Did you ever feel nervous? Um, I always have, I 100%, and, and I, this is the part of me that, that I can't bullshit anybody. Yeah, yeah. I 100% always have felt anxiety and still do feel anxiety. Um, I might not always agree with the things that um, Danielle or anybody else says or does, but at the end of the day, I don't own the franchise. When Bravo decides something, Bravo will do it. I work for Bravo. I don't own Bravo. So at the end of the day, I go to work just like everybody else. 
it's a, you know, it's the, 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 the show showcases are live. And all my goal is, is to stay as authentic as possible. And when things get out of hand, I start to cry. Oh. Uh, I get I get scared. I'm not going to ch- pretend that I'm a big shot. There's been a lot of situations during the season where I was shaking. I was scared. I was horrified. I was shocked by certain behaviors. But at the end of the day, I didn't back down. I stayed true to who I was. It was very, very tough. But I think that when you're filming Housewives of New Jersey, you have to realize nobody's looking for Little House on the Prairie. And when you're looking for characters to fill a spot on a show, you have characters like the Teresa Judice, the Melissa Gorga, the Dolores Catania, a Jacqueline Lurita, Kathy Waikili, a Ziggy Flicker. You have Danielle Stock. She is, you know, uh, a housewife history. She's, she's a historian in the housewife franchise. So, you know, I give her all kudos to that. And um, we'll see how the season unfolds. You had an interesting relationship with Melissa. It didn't feel as organic as a relationship with Teresa, for example, certainly not Dolores, who, you know, your it was actually so interesting and positive and wonderful to see, you know, your friendship with Dolores uh, deepen and grow as the season went on. How would you describe your relationship with Melissa when the season started? She, she felt a little closed off compared with the other. Uh, well, well, that's a very good assessment. Dolores and I have a relationship that is beyond anything. We are so close. We are so dynamic. Teresa Judice and I are very very close. I love her. When I'm with her, we cry together. We crack up together. We're very, very close. So I would say that I was the closest with Teresa and Dolores. And we, the three of us, I, I really have a bond with each one of them. I love Melissa. Melissa Gorga and I do have something in the middle of us that keeps us from getting closer. And that person is the person by the name of Kim D. And what the mm-hmm. viewers don't know and what people who are listening to your podcast are, 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 uh, might not realize is I knew Kim D seven, year pr- seven years prior to ever knowing who Melissa and Teresa were. And I met Kim D at a time where her boyfriend was, um, she had a boyfriend, he passed away. I met Kim D when she was devastated. She, this was the love of her life. Every time I would meet with her, she'd be in tears. She'd cry to me, I'm never going to find love again. So I have a friendship with Kim D. I don't agree with everything that comes out of Kim D's mouth. I do the best that I can to defend Teresa and Melissa when things come out of her mouth. But at the end of the day, I'm not just going to cross off every friend off my list that my other friends are not getting along with. And if I did that, I would, you know, what would happen? Like, for example, who would have thought that Teresa and Danielle would be friends? Who, right? no, no one would have thought that. Right. I can tell you right. exactly zero people right. would have expected that turnaround. So, if I was to say to Kim D, I don't want to be friends with you because Melissa and Teresa are not friends with you now, and then three years from now, they make up because Teresa and Kim D were best friends or very, very close friends for nine years. And, you know, her and Jacqueline were friends for 16 years. Now, maybe right now, I don't see a future, but who knows? What will happen tomorrow? Once again, I'm going to go back to the point where I have to be a leader. I, 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 my relationships with people is based on chemistry. And my chemistry works with Kim D, and I'm not about to dump her in my life. 
Mm -hmm. So going back to Melissa, Melissa and I have a great friendship. We do have a great friendship, but we don't, we, we haven't gotten as close as me and Teresa and as close as me and Dolores. And in my personal opinion, I think that the Kim D thing is like a thorn in our friendship. But I, I have nothing, nothing but, but, you know, love for her. Got it. And where are you now with Jacqueline? She said in an interview recently that you were, she said some negative things about you that was shocking to me and completely didn't believe at all that you didn't do more to sort of protect her, which... Well, well, the thing is with Jacqueline is Jacqueline and I are talking. We're very, very good. Um, I love her to death, but, you know, I, I don't agree with that. When I first came on and I was just getting to know Teresa, you have to remember, I met Teresa when she just got home from jail. Right. I never knew any of the Teresa. So for me to automatically start start not liking Teresa because somebody else has problems with her would have not been authentic and I would have been a phony bitch. And that's not who I am. I got to know Teresa on my own and I fell in love with Teresa on my own. So it is what it is. But... At the end of the day, I, you, everybody saw the pain that I was going through because, you know, I love Jacqueline and I love Teresa and, and then the, you know, Jacqueline, Teresa, and, Mo, and then I got to know Melissa and Melissa and I developed a friendship and then all of a sudden, everybody's fighting by Vermont. It turned into an epic failure and I was heartbroken over it because when you love people, you want them to stay friends and be together. So I was tortured by that, but I've seen other people in the past come on these shows and they were so fame hungry to pick a side right away that it was so not authentic. For me, it wouldn't have been authentic to turn on Teresa. And not that Jacqueline had ever asked me to turn on Teresa. As a matter of fact, the opposite happened. When Jacqueline met me, uh, we were in a restaurant. And she said, oh, um, when you meet Teresa, I have a feeling you're going to love her because you guys are so funny. She's going to love you and you're going to love her. But if if she was ever disappointed, you know, that I'm sorry that she was disappointed, but I would have done everything the same way I did it. I would have not changed anything. That's amazing. And have you followed up with her at all? With she, Unfortunately, she and Chris have been in the news this week because of um, their bankruptcy fraud case. They're now liable for Chris's... Yeah, but I don't believe... You know what? I don't believe any of it. You know what? I don't believe any of it. I talk to Jacqueline all the time. Jacqueline has never, ever been happier than she, she has now. been this past... She is... Every time, it's a different, it's a different Jacqueline. She's happy. She's with her children. She, Jacqueline's favorite place is to be home with her children and to be with her husband and to be with her grandson. She is happy. Doing this show is the most stressful time in our lives. There is nothing fun about it. There is nothing to show off to your best friend about. There is nothing joyful about it. It is constant stress. And it is very, very hard. So kudos to anybody out there who's a housewife. It, 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 it's hard. I don't think that there's anything easy about it. When you get a break and you're able just to be with your family and the people who love you, oh, my God. I can tell you one thing. Jacqueline's never been so happy. As far as what her and Chris are going through, I, I, I always say half of the stuff that comes out, unless I hear it from her, I just don't believe it. How, what do you think were the most, the two most shocking moments that happened in season seven? 
I would say certainly what happened in Vermont was sort of a low moment probably for the cast and certainly for the um, sort of burgeoning re-friendship with Teresa and Jack. And then the other shocking moment I felt was when Teresa accused Jacqueline of potentially alerting the feds to what led to her um, imprisonment and now Joe's. Were there any other, do you agree with that? Were there other low moments where you felt like this is as bad as it's going to get as far as energy fighting and sort of maliciousness? Well, anyway, I, I, think, that, I think that this season there are definitely um, worse, worse low moments than last season. Really? And, oh, you're in for a ride. And I wish that I could reveal more but it's going to be very, very shocking, um, and very it gets it gets low, it gets low. So I think that the, those moments will come. And once again, I'm, I'm you know I'm holding back because I can't give specifics. Sure. But certain things happen before the fashion show. Certain things happen in in Boca. I take everybody to my home in Boca. So certain things happen in Boca Raton. That's my second home where Sophie and Joshua were born. And I have a home there and I'm there every month as well. And certain things happen in Milan. And you will see a lot of shocking things this season. And just to always see the positive because there's so much negative about the season is I really do think that you know, Margaret and Danielle were fabulous additions to the season. They really did bring a lot. And like I said, I might not agree with everything, but at the end of the day, it made for a good show when right. we have a fabulous season. And I got to just be honest about that. If you wrote a book about season eight, what would you call the title? I would call the title Compassion, Empathy, um, I would say lack of, uh, I would call the title lack, lack of compassion, lack of empathy, entitlement issues, horrific. I have no, I, I, I there, the, things are so shocking. Sophie, what would I call this season? Because you went through the whole season with me. <laughs> what would, what would we call the season? You saw mommy cry, laugh, cry. Emotional. Uh, emotional season, but I would call it. I don't know. I just maybe. think that I don't know. It, 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 maybe not such a fairy tale. <laughs> it feels like no. This, no, it's the opposite of a fairy tale. Oh. But what I love about it is, is that with everything, there's a lesson. There's a lesson to be learned. A lesson to be learned. And I think that with what's going on in the world right now, more than ever, we have to show compassion for each other. And what this show has done is it, it, it's exposed me to the consequences of being around people who lack compassion, empathy, and tolerance. Mm. And for me, those people are poison in my life. But I have to say one thing. The SIG does not back down, and the SIG will not back down. Whenever I see something and it feels wrong, it sounds wrong, it looks wrong, I'm going to be the one to stand up. I'm going to be the one to stand up. And well, that's exactly what happened this season. We're standing there with you. Thank you so much for your time. Real Housewives of New Jersey, season eight premiere, Wednesday, October 4th at 9 p.m. Siggy, it's been a total, total pleasure. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time. Thank you so much. And we look forward uh, to watching you your so season. Much.
Yes, it's going to be a good one. And thank you so much for your time. Awesome. Okay, thanks, Sadie. Take care. Okay. okay. Bye, honey. Guys, how good was that? Was that not really good? I was super into it. I also sort of die for her. And it's been interesting because I've um, spoken with several housewives and it was just really exciting for me to talk to the SIG because, you know, we're in a rough political climate right now and there's like marches and people call, you know, my fellow Hebrews and myself globalists in a weird way and say things that I don't entirely understand, but definitely are like a really nice way back Wednesday from the early 1940s. And it's just nice to see, like, a strong Hebrew woman living her life in a beautiful, positive way um, and really standing out as just an awesome friend, seemingly great mother, not a perfect person, definitely has flaws. Um, so do we all, you know, except for, obviously, me. And... I just really appreciate her on several levels. I think she's a positive addition to the housewives in the truest, most literal sense of the word positive. There's just something about her. I really think she cuts through the bullshit in a way. She also gives really good advice. I mean, it took everything in me not to be like, okay, um, so my final question is, please diagnose the last, you know, 30 to 45 relationships I have had, you know, in August of this year. Um, But it just feels like she's like a legit, you know, cutting through all the crap interesting, dynamic human person. I love the story of her family. I love her relationship with her ex-husband. I love that her husband doesn't love to be on camera because I think that's a really good sign. Loved her advice about Bethany. Loved that she didn't know Carol's name because, you know, neither does Adam. I just thought it was, you know, really interesting. And I also have started reading, and I'm like halfway through, Write Your Own Fairy Tale, the book that she references. And I really liked it. I think it's really interesting. And, you know, some of these things are just not the rules because I don't want to really reference that, but just interesting, genuine pieces of pieces of advice for us to keep in mind, not only for dating or relationships, but just like, you know, and coming more into being our own truest selves, shall we say. So that is some vegan, um, Hebrew chicken soup for the soul for y'all. Next week, I really can't even tell you how amazing this conversation is, except that I texted 40,000 people after and was like, just wait, because it's so good. Um, But next week, we'll have a conversation with Giselle from Potomac Housewives, and she really brings it. And it was unbelievable. I mean, like, I've literally felt like I was going to start wheezing at one point because she just goes all in about everything. So stay tuned for that. Um, and guys, if you like us, you know, tweet me or whatever. Um, can you tell I'm so good at social media? You know, just like do whatever. Follow me on my space. Um, on that note, guys, such a pledge. Let me know your thoughts about SIG. Um, obviously you're going to love it and I will kiki with you guys next week. Okay. Bye. Have a good one. Um, Shabbat Shalom, even though it's Wednesday. I'm a terrible Jew. Okay. Bye guys.